This episode of The Pitch is brought to you exclusively by State Farm. We hear a lot of pitches on this show. I mean, no surprise there. It's the name of the podcast. But the entrepreneurs who come on this show, they're pitching more than just a business idea. They're pitching their dream. Because when you run a small business, you're putting your whole self into it. State Farm gets that. And they work with small business owners across the country to help create personalized plans that are built for their small business needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. I'm Josh Muccio, and we are back. From Gimlet Media, this is The Pitch, where real entrepreneurs pitch to real investors. Hey. Hello. That was, that was kind of How are you doing? Early How are you? Today on The Pitch, entrepreneur Cesar Kuriyama pitches his startup, One Second Every Day, an app he thinks could topple the king of social networks, Facebook. Pitching a startup meant to go toe-to-toe with Facebook would normally be a pretty risky proposition. Mark Zuckerberg practically owns the internet, but Caesar's timing couldn't be better. An exodus from Facebook had already begun with 2017's fourth quarter daily users seeing a dip for the first time ever, according to Facebook data. Tonight, Facebook stock taking yet another hit, down more than 2%. A backlash brewing after data firm Cambridge Analytica allegedly accessed the personal information of 50 million unsuspecting Facebook users. If Caesar wants to take advantage of this moment and bring Facebook users over to his app, He's going to need some serious cash, and he's going to need it fast. Here's who he needs to convince. I'm Daniel Galati. Daniel is with Comcast Ventures. Hi, I'm Jillian Manis. Jillian is with Structure Capital. Hi, I'm Phil Nadell. Phil is with Forefront Venture Partners. And today, we have a new voice on the show. I'm Michael Hyatt, and I invest my own money. Michael built and sold two Canadian companies, and now he invests for himself. Okay, on with the pitch. Here's Caesar. All right, great. How's it going, guys? Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Uh, so let me just tell you a little bit about my background. Uh, when I left school, I started working in advertising in New York City. Uh, and- After a few years working in advertising, Caesar realized, you know what? This is not how I want to be spending my life. So he left his job and took a year off to soul search and figure out what was next for him. But instead of focusing on the future, he found himself thinking about the days that were passing. Days he didn't want to forget. I realized that a lifelong frustration of mine has always been my memory. And like every time throughout my life that I've tried to keep a journal, like an actual written diary about my life, like I would do it for three or four days and I would stop. And I realized, man, I don't want to turn 40 one day and only sort of remember this year off that I had when I was 30. So instead of trying and failing yet again to keep a journal... Caesar turned to that little high-def camera most of us carry around every day, his smartphone. He figured there must be a way he could build a digital journal. So what is the minimal amount that I need to do to be able to capture enough information about a date so I never forget a day of my life ever again? So I started recording one second every day. Once he had a year of recordings, Caesar was able to stitch them together chronologically. And he found that all these little one-second clips actually told the story of his year. It was then he knew what he had to do. I dedicated my life to trying to build a product that made it easy for anybody to do what I was doing for myself. Caesar launched a Kickstarter to fund One Second Every Day, and it caught on in a big way. 
over 11,000 people backed it, the most people that had ever backed an app on Kickstarter. That was six years ago. And Caesar's been bootstrapping the company ever since. But it's only been recently, when everyone is kind of waking up to the dark side of Facebook, that Caesar realized what he might have. There's just one detail that needs to be cleared up. What is the actual product? Basically, I built the app that I wish I had when I was doing this myself by editing literally one-second videos together. It automatically sorts all your photos and videos by the date in which they were like created. And it allows me to go into any given day, whenever I feel like it, and just select the one moment that I want to use for that day. And we store it into the app, and that's it. And then whenever you want to watch it, you just press play. What's crucial to note here is that One Second Every Day is not a network. In a lot of ways, it's just a storage library where you can record the story of your life, one second at a time. If you want to share that story on another social media platform, great. But if not, no problem. And the fact that this was a choice to share, not an automatic feature, really helped distinguish One Second Every Day. It seemed to strike such a chord that it became the number one paid app in the App Store for the first week of 2018. And then it hit number one again a month later. What was the revenue in 2017? 1.3 million. Okay. What does usage and engagement look like on the app? Um, So we have about 400,000 monthly active users right now, about 100,000 daily active users. That's great. How many total downloads? Total over 2 million. Mm. Investors are skipping right over asking about the app and are instead diving into the business of One Second Every Day. And what kind of metrics are you most focused on? So there are some apps that are obviously kind of daily habits. There are some apps that are less frequent just by category. What what do you think are kind of the key usage metrics for your business? What do you track? So one of the things that we track, for example, is just moments logged. Lifetime, we've logged about 65 million kind of moments or something. But like in just in the past 90 days, we've logged 19 million of them. So we know that there's like this like gigantic rise. What's your age group? Uh, we're, I mean, I, th- I think we're, we, we fall into the, the usual category of like, you know, anywhere between like 20, like 24 to 35 is actually probably our core thing because a lot of our users are moms and, and new parents who are using the app to log the life of their kids instead of their, themselves. I would think also to log travel. Travel is huge, huge for us, yes. Right. I would we, say that would be one of the biggest. And what what's your burn? Uh, less than 100,000, about 90, 90 oh plus. God. A month. A month. Wow. That's our, our burn right now. Sorry, right. that's not a burn. That's your spend. So you're not Sorry, going yeah. negative cash. You don't have a burn. No. So yeah, no, we 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 are we make more than we spend. You're profitable. Right. So there's you no burn. You are profitable, yes. Yeah. Yes. Sorry. How much is it? It's app? a 499 app. Mm-hmm. One time. Right now. Right now, it's a one-time fee. So that's actually obviously not a long-term good monetization strategy. We've been building a subscription tier that is, you know, has a bunch of the features that people have been asking us forever so that we can actually pay, like, have a recurring, like, revenue what, from like, our users. Like what? Like, yeah, like, go into that. Uh, like, a lot of the stuff that we're coming out with, hopefully, in the next, like, six to eight weeks is pretty simple stuff, like backup, uh, add, being able to add music, being able to have longer seconds, being able to have, mo- like, more seconds per day. So there's just a bunch of stuff. We, we sent out a survey to our users saying, like, hey, here's 16 things we're thinking about building. What are the most important things that you want? And put them in order. And then a 1,000 people replied. And after they replied, we said, would you be willing to pay like a fair yearly fee to actually have these features, 50% said yes. This is a pretty radical change to their product. Caesar wants to take an app that right now doesn't do a lot and doesn't cost a lot and make it into a robust social app, one that could actually be a viable alternative to the other social networks. But he's betting it all on a hope that these people who said they would pay a yearly fee for these new features actually will. So 
so let's go back to this this idea that you have. Yeah. Why do you think people are going to pay a subscription? How much and what are you thinking for? So right now we have it. We have the yearly subscription price at thirty dollars a year. What wow. we're trying to build right now is the value for our current users based entirely around features. So this is just about like our power users who are dying for some of these extra things and abilities to do have five years of their life logged in with us and don't want just want more. They don't want like like less. So, you know, a, there's a, a billion apps out there. Um, most apps would love to charge a subscription and they can't and they won't because people just don't pay for them. I mean, if you just picked up everybody's iPhone in a mile radius from here, what you'd notice is that they only pay for maybe two things, Uber once in a while and Spotify or some music. And then every other app they could pay, they don't actually subscribe to. No one actually pays for anything because they just don't. So tell us why it's so compelling that you are going to be one of the first and only apps to get a subscription out of these people. Uh, I agree 100%, which is one of the reasons why we've kind of avoided raising money for a long time, because we knew that raising money would essentially we, we, like, would essentially mean we have to become the thing that we're probably kind of trying to be not, right? So and you've so never raised a dime? We've never raised a single dime wow. so far. We've, we've, we've done everything. And without, on that, how we've much only you- hired when we could afford it. I do feel like trying to outcompete Snapchat and, and Twitter and Facebook and Google on the digital ad side is just almost an impossible game right like the, if you look at digital ad dollars like those four platforms are getting right. more and more market share and right. so i think that's why you're seeing all these um media companies social networks trying to monetize in different ways and i think subscription is kind of the obvious you know alternative to advertising revenue so i kind of I, I think that actually is like a, a feature of your business not a not a bug um at the same time i do i do think that the the um, velocity at which the large platforms are copying features and implementing them successfully. We saw it with stories, yep. um, you know, with Instagram and kind of what happened to, to Snapchat. Um, it's sort of happening at a rate that at least we've never seen before. Um, and so um, how do you think about Facebook kind of doing their own version of like a one second every day, kind of giving it away for free and, and having it sit on top of their existing social graph? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it keeps me up at night, right? It's like part of the reason why we're like, hey, you know, I think we like we're there's a lot of good things happening here. I think we finally need some rocket fuel because we're moving pretty slowly. I mean, I, I get that that keeps you up at night, but what do you do about it? How do you build any kind of moat here? I, I can't. I mean, I, you know, the best answer I can give you is that I'm really passionate about like what I wish existed in the world right now that doesn't. And I think Facebook and, and Twitter have become these, you know, you know, their entire business model is about grabbing people's attention right now. And I, I have, to me, there's a gap in the market. The, I see so many friends of mine who just quit social media altogether. They're like, I'm out. I, I'm, 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 I can't do this anymore. Here's my right. phone number if anybody yeah, needs I, me. Right? Right. Yeah, that's happening. And, and, yeah. and like, you know, Facebook just, you know, recently in their last quarterly thing said they lost a million users, right? And like, I talk to some of these people and I'm like, what do you wish existed? What is a social media version that that like works for you? And I think a lot of what they say is so much connected to what we are as a platform. And so I think that there's a lot that we're trying to do with an ad-free model, like a, the you know the, the same way that like people love Netflix and people love Slack because you know you're paying a subscription and now they can dedicate all their time to giving you value instead of dedicating all their time on how to sell you to somebody else. Caesar's finally giving them an answer for how he could compete with a mammoth like Facebook. He's saying, look, for the first time since Facebook's been around, there's a chink in their armor, and I'm ready to take advantage of that. If one second every day can get some momentum. It's now or never, folks. 
how do you think about taking on VC? So um, at least the, the, the few founders that I've backed that have sort of bootstrapped their businesses for, for a long time, they're kind of switching over to VC. It hasn't necessarily always been the easiest switch. Like, you know, you're going from prioritizing, you know, profit to like putting all of your eggs in the growth basket. Yep. Like your focus has completely changed. Like mm-hmm. you're choosing to go from like the, you know, the local train to the express train. Yep. And I feel like like once you get on that express train, it's kind of hard to get off the express train. Yep. Like why is now the right time to step on the express train? And is it kind of the express train forever where, you know, now we're on the path to raising sort of bigger and bigger rounds to build this really big company? Uh, I've been asking myself the same question, you know, it's especially the past two years as, as, as like really things have been really moving. I would say the first two years, it was just me like trying to, I just thought, hey, I'll build an app that goes in the app store and I'll get some, you know, passive income from it. And then slowly, you know, things kind of kept up. It took a while. It took a while to see like maybe this is a vent, like a VC, you know, uh, company. If we do raise it, then we want to do it right. And so. Uh, yesterday, uh, I had a meeting with uh, with Greylock, who reached out to me and said, "Hey, we've been paying attention. Uh, we'd love to talk." And I said, "Cool." We had a conversation, and then, you know, they they painted out some scenarios that actually make some sense to me, right? So, like, if you know, for example, if they were to put in like a bunch of money, they want a billion dollar company. They want the next yeah. Facebook, right? But they're like, you know, like there's some seeds that you can take that will give you like one and a half to two to three mil, like you're thinking, where the pressure's not going to be as much, but you can test the waters and see if this is something that can become the well, next. What you do know, you want? I mean, you're the founder. You've done this terrific job. You own this company. It's all up to you. What What do you want? What Michael's asking is, do you even want to take our money? Normally, this isn't a question an investor needs to ask a founder, particularly one who's standing in front of them in the middle of their pitch. Well, basically, I, I'll be honest. Like, I just I don't want to completely... I, I've, I'm trying to avoid the get to Facebook's level or die trying. I want to yeah. I want to I want to test the waters on what we're trying to do in a way that if it doesn't work then the what we've built is still there so that we can continue to just grow at the pace we've been growing at and continue to build the stuff that we're trying to build. So isn't that the type of experiment that you should do before taking on yeah. outside money? I mean we we're, we're 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 doing it. Right. I mean, we're, Isn't we're that the kind of experiment just, that you should complete? I'm saying. Oh, I mean. Before and and if that's the case, if no one is willing to invest at our stage at it, like you know at one to three million for us to throw all this you know fuel into building this quickly, then we're prepared to do it. Yeah, like, I'm saying we're, we're getting enough revenue to do it ourselves. I'm saying from your perspective, oh, yeah. from your perspective, doesn't it make more sense to say, let's try this ourselves. Let's experiment. Make sure the subscription thing works. If it works, great. Then we go and raise. And if it doesn't, then we got a great lifestyle business, you know, that's not, I don't have the pressure of the venture capital scale requirements. And let's just go on with it. It doesn't, I mean, and you, you know, I understand that you want to step on the gas now a little bit, but that's to me is the kind of experiment you want to do on your own dime. You're profitable already. You have the cash, you could do it. And then if you see success, then you go out and raise because then yeah. you know the story is much different. I feel like I, I agree. I think the only the only uh, variable for me that's there is that if we do do it on our own, it's just going to take us longer. Yeah, and that that's right, yeah. But you also, that's you, the only. You have to balance that with the fact that you know once you sell a part of your company, you kind of on the hook to sell the whole company. Yeah. And so what Phil's saying is you don't want to you don't want to sell part of your company. You don't want to be like half pregnant. Right, which is like you sell a little bit of your company, you got all these investors that are expecting some liquidity event at some point, and you kind of step back and say, Hey, actually I want to run this as a as a you know non-venture backed business. And so I actually totally agree with you, which is you wanna 
go in eyes wide open and say, you know, if we're going to, if we're going to do this, we're really, you know, we're really setting a timer on, you know, eventually exiting the company. Right. Yeah. And I think that a lot of what we're doing right now is having these conversations. Maybe we're not a venture capital, yeah. you know, yeah. business. Maybe we're just like an awesome hundred million dollar business yeah, yeah, someday yeah. with yeah. a lot of people who passionately love what we're doing and how we're trying to do it. It's decision time. Caesar's indecision over whether he even wants to take VC money could have a negative effect on whether the investors want to go in. Or it could make them more eager to get involved. Either way, we're about to find out. Phil's up first. I just feel like, um, you know, it's sort of, it would be a disservice to you at this juncture to, to invest. I just... I don't know that you that you will ever that you should ever take venture money, but certainly I think you you should prove out the subscription model mm-hmm. first, mm-hmm. then make that decision. Mm-hmm. That's my view of it. But you know, I just can't get over the fact that that Facebook could do this <laughs> uh, so easily, and once you know, once you become significant, they turn it on, and you know, it's free, and that's that's it. That's the ball game. And so I think it's a great idea. I, I really like it. And amazing job you've done. Great, I have great respect for the fact that you've built a, a good-sized, profitable company. You know, So I give you uh, kudos for that. But I just uh, I can't, I can't invest given the competitive threat, at least at this stage. Phil's willing to give Caesar kudos, but no dollars. It's on to Michael. Let me let me um, let me just paint a different picture. Um, this is what I would do if I were you. You know, I bootstrapped my companies. I, I I founded two software companies, and we didn't take VC or for a long time, but we ended up doing it. So first off, never taking capital is usually not a good idea. Capital builds companies. You need you need money to really scale a company. I've, I found that out, and it was tremendously helpful. And, and in both cases, we remained in the majority seat too, so we controlled our destiny. That you can still do, by the way. Um, so I'm gonna take it a little bit of a different tact. If if I were you, this is what I would do. I would take VC cash and I would go very hard at it to really, really build tremendous value and build a moat, even though that's still going to be hard to compete against. But I would go fast. I think that what's going to happen is here's how the story is going to play out. Um, You're going to get up to a million users. You're going to stick your head out of the ground and then someone the Facebooks and then the Snapchat is going to get all interested in how you've kind of fertilized this ground and then they're going to jump on it. Um, you, you probably won't have the cash or the backing if you didn't raise any money. I'm kind of telling you, I don't think you have forever in this business. Um, I don't buy the dream that everybody's going to pay 30 bucks forever on this. Um, I don't see that. I'm going to tell you to go out and raise some money. And if Greylock is coming in, <laughs> I'll invest alongside them, but you won't take my money then because you won't need it. Bye. But I'm happy to invest alongside Greylock any day. So that's my advice. And I'm sticking uh, to it. Thank you. I really appreciate that. That's great. Michael's out. For now, it's Daniel's turn. So I think I said this before. I I just fundamentally believe that the biggest companies in consumer tech are horizontal user-generated content platforms. As the old saying goes. And I think this is one. So I think having invested in, you know, what are we in? We're in house uh, next door, these billion-dollar, you know, horizontal UGC companies. Um, You know, we. I I think I... um, believe that you know huge businesses can be built um kind of in the in the way that you're building this business um and so i think it could be a really really big idea where i 
I, I guess my um, answer is I just kind of need to know more. Like I, it's kind of hard to make a commitment without actually seeing the product. Of course. So I think as a starting point, would love to to actually see the product. And if, I think if the product is sufficiently um, differentiated and impressive, you know, this is something that we'd absolutely love to lead. Um, there is a lot of potential here. I'm sure you've got like a really long product roadmap that you want to that you want to yes. work on. And we'd and, like to see. And yeah, see and so roadmap. so I really see this as like a really nice kind of binary bet, right? Yeah. Um, which is kind of the exact thing that that I look for. So I'd love to explore more. Um, I'd love to sit down with you tomorrow or, or or soon to to dig into those two pieces. But I think what you're building is really interesting, and you know I think potentially a really really big company. Sounds great. I think you need to convince yourself that you want to take VC. <laughs> I, like I wasn't convinced that you were convinced, and so I think that's right. that's kind of the first step in the journey. But um, but all in all, I think I think it's a really interesting story. I think you're really intriguing as a founder, and would love to hear more. Sounds great. Yeah, I'll, like I'm I'm not going anywhere. Let's let's chat. Thank you so Thank you much. Appreciate it. It's a pleasure. It was I mean, really a pleasure. You might have noticed. Jillian never actually said whether she was in or out, but based on the fact that she just said goodbye, I'm pretty sure she's passing. Caesar has left the building, and as it turns out, each of the investors have pretty strong feelings on whether or not Caesar should be raising money. You were into it. I was really into it. I mean, yeah. it's, it's hard. I was conceptually into it. I haven't seen the product. Yeah, I think All it's right. a product. I like to see the product I, I, the I, timeline. I think he does need money. Yeah. I think he does need VC. Yeah. I don't think I think he's in a market well, that will go away. Yeah. Well, I think he needs VC I, because that's part of the defensibility of this. I think I, right. I I would love one of the VCs I'm invested in to go in and I do a sidecar for this kind of thing. I think he needs five, ten million bucks. I think he needs to go hard or go home. And he yeah. just, he needs I, might I'm telling you, this thing is 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 so going to be copied. Mm -hmm. This yeah. is if I'm going to copy anything, yeah. it's that. I mean, Facebook listens to this or Snapchat. Yeah. They would be crazy not to copy this. Yeah. It, yeah. it makes so much sense what he's doing. Yeah. And they are trying desperately to try to keep people to engage. When yeah. something happened, one of the Kardashians just slammed Snapchat and yeah. that like I they lost that. a whole bunch. Like yeah. they're looking for these kind of things. Absolutely. I mean, if he goes and raises money, it's not going to prevent Facebook or Snapchat. I know, but no, at but least going to cover create... him for a little longer. Yeah. It's going to protect him. He's he going to build protect. a little more of a moat. Right. It's still, might... he'll build a little bit more of a moat. He'll get some more traction and then they'll introduce it and they'll crush him. Or they yeah. might buy it. Or, 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 or he it. gets to sell it. And, 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 and I don't think, why would they buy it? It's so easy for them to turn it on. It would be nothing. They'd for buy them. him if yeah. he has the user base. Listen, correct. I, I mean, I think he. I think he should take you know six months or so and try to prove out that the. I wanted to almost go, Luke, take the money. <laughs> <laughs> when we come back, I meet up with Caesar at South by Southwest to find out if he's figured out his answer to the age-old question: to VC or not to VC. This episode of The Pitch is brought to you exclusively by State Farm. As rewarding as it may be, small business owners have a lot riding on their shoulders. It's a lot of stress to own, run, and grow your small business, not to mention finding someone who can give you the answers and support you need. But State Farm agents aren't just there to understand your small business needs, they're there to prioritize them and help create personalized plans with your needs in mind. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. 
Talk to your local agent today. This episode of The Pitch is brought to you exclusively by State Farm. Small business owners know that it's not just business, it's personal. Your business is your life, and State Farm gets that. State Farm agents are small business owners too, so they know what it takes. They can help you create a personalized insurance plan that fits your small business needs and budget. And they live and work in your community. So you're not just getting an insurance plan, you're getting that personal touch. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Welcome back. Two weeks after his pitch, I sat down with Caesar at South by Southwest. So the last time we left you on the show, we were talking backstage and and you and the investors had basically just finished having a conversation where it was like, hey, you need to figure out whether you really want to raise money or not. And if you are, let's talk more. But you needed to like really know which road you were going to go. And Daniel in particular was like, I'm not sure. He's like, I, I don't think you convinced me that you necessarily are going to be raising the money or like that you want the money right now. What's happened since then? So uh, Daniel and I met uh, like a week later after the show. Um, and and it, it was amazing. He was really, he blew me away uh, with his insights. And and he really got a lot of what we were trying to do. And and. I got this, you know, wonderful sense from him that he was really trying to figure out what was best for one second every day. And, you know, uh, you know, he was able to really break down a lot of the uh, ways that we can continue moving forward with or without VC funding. Um, and it certainly does come down to an extent to uh, what it is that we are ultimately well, willing to put all our chips into. Uh, because, yeah, like, you know, I remember he, he said on the show something along the lines of, you know, once we jump into the express lane, like there's really, it's very, really difficult to get out of the express lane. Um, and yeah, we, one of the, you know, one of the best things he said that really like th that made so much perfect sense uh, when, when Daniel put it this way was like, you know, essentially you're, you're, you know, you raise money to build, to create, or you raise money to scale a company. Um, and so uh, I think really like really grasping that, really being able to bring all the data points from the past couple of weeks into like these two roads of money to create, money to scale, it was able to kind of help me, uh, you know, gather my thoughts a bit to say, like, do we need the money to create? And the answer is, in theory, no. And so uh, right this second, it seems like we can just continue to move forward with what, what we want to do. And I'm meeting with Daniel, hopefully in a week after I leave, he uh, leaves South by uh, in the, um, back in New York, and we're going to continue the conversation. So you're kind of, so like there's a little bit more clarity, it sounds like, on whether you're raising money to create or raising money to scale. It sounds like you're saying, I don't need the money to create, but I will to scale. But first, let's create, see if it works, like test this thing out, and then like raise the money to scale later on. Is that basically what you've decided or is it still kind of up in the air and you might raise to create faster, for example? 
Right. So some variables in place are our subscription tier will probably launch in a month or two. We have no idea what that's going to do to our revenue. We have no idea what that's, you know, if that's going to take off or it's going to do terribly. And yeah, it's all this stuff that we're, I'm continuing, you know, at any moment in time, I'm always like, like doing math in my head, you know, that, that gif of like, you know, Zach Galifianakis, like, you know, with all the math equations, like floating around, like that's basically me right now. I'm just like constantly, I'm in constant mode of the math equations, like gif, uh, you know, in my own bubble. This is like the age-old entrepreneurship question <laughs> that you're mulling over. And you have way more data than I think most entrepreneurs have when they're trying to make this decision. I think a lot of them try to figure it out really early on without the revenue, without the traction, without the numbers. And here you are, you know, five into, years into your company and you're answering the, the same question of like, do I raise money from, from investors or do I bootstrap this thing? It's just funny. No, you you know, it's I think about that all the time, which is the whole like when you graduate high school, you go to college, right? Like there's like that's just that's what you do, right? It's like, oh, like you you're building a startup, you go raise a receipt, or you go do an accelerator, you go you know, like there's just these like set things that put all these companies in a path for the same, you know, visa they're getting to the express lane essentially, like right at the beginning. Um and I do certainly agree that there's a lot of companies that need that, but there's, it's, it's become clear to me that like most companies don't, you know, one of the, it's funny, one of the best pieces of advice I ever got was actually like from like Tim Ferriss, but I, I like went to his book launch in New York for four hour body and I just waited around until people dispersed away from him to like, just ask him like, and this is me, again, this is me like, this is like two months into entrepreneurship. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm like, I walk up to him and I'm just like, how do I raise money? Because <laughs> I literally have no idea. And I just think that's what I'm supposed to do. And uh, I, I kind of tell him the quick pitch. And, and I'm like, what do I do? And he said, uh, he's like, don't raise money. He's like, figure out how to build a, like an MVP without raising money. And he kind of got that in my head. And that's why we did a Kickstarter. But we were able to get moving without without jumping into the express lane. you know. Uh, and so that's really, uh, that was really, you know, that, that little side conversation thing that day like really helped shape a lot of the decisions moving forward so still undecided eh um undecided is not the right term it's more like <laughs> um I, I would say we will be decided if, like within a couple of weeks right but we're not decided yet because we're just luckily in a position where we don't have to make a decision immediately It might strike you as kind of odd that Caesar pitched to our investors if he wasn't certain he wanted to raise VC. But I think what happened was once the investors leaned on him and said, you know, are you sure you want our money? The truth is, he wasn't. Because as everyone pointed out, a lot of strings come with that money. Once you take it, the business isn't just yours anymore, and you don't get to call all the shots. So for now, Caesar's mulling it over a little longer. We'll keep tabs on him, and see what he decides. Our show is produced by me, Josh Muccio, Molly Donahue, and Kareem Maddox. We are edited by Devin Taylor. We're mixed by Enoch Kim, with original music composed by The Muse Maker. Our theme music is by Breakmaster Cylinder. Thanks to Lisa Muccio for planning the recording of this pitch, 
We found out about One Second Every Day because Caesar applied to be on the show. Founders who are raising money can apply to pitch by going to the pitch.show slash apply. And as a reminder, no offer to invest is being made to or solicited from the listening audience on today's show. All right, you've been listening to The Pitch from Gimlet Media. We'll be back with a brand new episode next Wednesday. This episode of The Pitch was brought to you exclusively by State Farm. If you've been listening to our show for a while, you can tell every business owner has a unique set of problems to solve. That's why small business owners want someone to not only understand, but prioritize their needs. State Farm agents are small business owners too, so they know how to help you choose personalized plans to fit your needs and budget. They get it, plain and simple. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today.